I am unashamed. What about you? So I feel like on Mondays it's like a it's a travel report that <laughs> where have you been? Where have you been uh, this week? Report. Dad even traveled last week, but I don't think. He, I mean, the week before last, I don't think he traveled this week. Where'd you go? Did I you, had. You a, I, I was in Georgia, and you forget some of these people. You know, I showed up. I got out of the plane because this was a a coronavirus move. I was supposed yeah. to do it last year. Yeah, online they like that. Then it got so we've begun to squeeze this year a lot of <laughs> events here and there, and it's one of them deals where somebody donated a, a private plane, which was nice because the event that. was to uh, raise money for kids, the FCA group, the fellowship of Christian athletes. Mm-hmm. And they were also launching a version of that. I'm not sure what it was called, but it was something to do with the outdoors. It's like kids who teenagers who enjoy the outdoors, but also believe there's a God and he's alive. <laughs> so I, I, I usually show up at these types. These, these are the events that draw me because I'm like, I didn't have a, a God experience in a church building, you know, as, as a kid, right. I, I just, you know, feels it's been well documented. He started taking us hunting and I mean, I'm looking around thinking, Somebody built this. But so we land here in Georgia. I get out of the plane and I look and there were two police cars, one in front of an SUV and one behind. Oh, police they, they escort. Had, they had a look about them. <laughs> and so I'm looking and the officer said, are you ready? And I, I just knew what that meant. I thought, we're... we're we're, we're, we're fixing, fixing to roll through here to like the president yeah. of the United I, States. I hadn't done that in, in so long. <laughs> it's I, been a while. Back, yeah. I have to say, back in the day when the show was going on, we did it quite a bit. You remember that town in South Carolina day, when they had, we had, they were like a fleet of SUVs. And look, yeah. they had every traffic light block. I mean, like that's, we were rolling. That's kind of the way this was. <laughs> the last time I had done it, I was with Cy, and he laughed. Cy laughed. From the moment we got in the vehicle <laughs> till we got out, but like laughing awkwardly, like, like he okay. maniacal, right? Yeah, like, he just yeah. just kept laughing <laughs> the whole time. I was like, ah, it was funny for the. He's first. always been a very happy person. <laughs> Well, it's funny now that I remember that. And so look, we did the event. We got back in, and he started laughing again. I said, yeah. are you going to do this all the way back to the airport? And he just laughed, 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 laughed. So we got in, and, I mean, we went through that. T- it was a bigger town than I anticipated, and it was it was right around 5 o'clock. It was right around 5 o'clock traffic. We were going off-road through alleys because the – a lot of the traffic was just stacked. And I thought, what in the world is going on? But the highlight of it was because I got a special place in my heart for for teenagers. They had some of the high school kids get up and say a few words. Oh, and good. I mean, oh, I was talking about it did more for me than anything. Well, I, plus, I, don't you love like I love rewarding like for groups like that that decide they're going to get together 
like in a school framework or when there's so much like reasons not to do it, like to not, you know, really. Yeah, because they have to volunteer yeah, I mean, on I, their own and there can be no adult, quotation mark, right. like influence. Right. So which it's, it feels like you're rewarding the kids for just being bold. I mean, that's I love speaking to stuff like oh, that. Oh, I yeah. do too. I mean, and, and it was a you know they had a dinner, and while they're all eating dinner, I'm in the back room at the meet and greet. Yep, because that's you know whoever somebody spends the money up. Yeah, so, yeah they right. paid the tickets, and that's kind of how you know I'm getting compensated for being there. Is this little back room meeting? With a Ac- couple hundred They call people. that access, Jay. So they, yeah. you got to have a little access. And they had it down, you know, just to, to science. But I, I, what I try to do, and I got this from Jesus, wasn't my idea. <laughs> did, well, did, he, did he come to you in a dream or something? Or you're just, no, just oh, from I thought studying. I just got a direct line that said, hey, no, Jay, do this. From studying the box, the, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've told people my biggest fear is public speaking, and that's basically what I do. Because I believe God takes your weakness through the transformation process, and He can, He'll turn it into your strength. Yep. And so, what I try to do is be be real. You know, one of my lines in the speech right off the bat is like, "Everyone can relax because I'm not a preacher." And and this was not at a church. I mean, it was at the Civic Center. Yeah. And it seemed probably half and half. I guess just. Even church people, that's what it seemed like. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of our, our people, even if they're not necessarily believers, they feel like we we should have the right, you know, to pray in a school and, and study your Bible Talk as, about your as faith. kids. Yeah. And so you had that angle going, too. But the part I was saying I got from Jesus is that, you know, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John— it's like even though he had this major event going on, <laughs> which was the salvation of the world, I mean, yeah. the journey to the cross, it's just filled with individual moments and conversations with people. I mean, most of it is just he's just with a small group of people or just one person. Yeah. So I always look for that one person that I'm thinking, this is the big reason I'm here, this yeah. This moment here. <clears throat> I think The Chosen does that the show which will have yeah. Dallas Jenkins next in a week. Couple, yeah, a couple episodes from now. Yep. But I, they do a good job of that also. But you know, we got it from from God, so that's why it's good. So I had three people that I met that I just felt like this is a moment here. Right. So one of them was a ten year old girl because when her family came up she said, uh, I would like to interview you. She had a little notebook. And I, I looked around like, is this set up? Is this? She, she's 10? 10. Her name was Bryn. I think her name was Brendale, but they call her Bryn. And uh, just like the most confident 10-year-old. So I kind of took a knee there because she was a little yeah. short. I was like, well, let's do the interview. People started filming it, you know. <laughs> so she started asking me a series of questions. Most of them duck related, but just she, I was like, well, what is the purpose for, the, for this? She's like, I'm just trying to get to know you. I said, <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, so she, I mean, was she like a little journalist or like, mean, yeah, she, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I, but so I, but she was just, 
There was just something about it. I, yeah. I, I, I thought I thought of the verses where Jesus said, you know, let the children come to me. Yeah. I, I was just, or unless you change, become like little children. All these verses. She just was something different about, about this girl. I thought this girl's kind of an inspiration. And so she said, well, I'd like for you to sign this picture that I drew. And it was a phenomenal drawing of a duck and, so I said, well, I'm going to ask you some questions on here. And so she she perked up when I said that. And so I wrote down my three questions. How did you get on the earth? What are you doing here? And how are you leaving? And then I, I drew the gospel diagram, you know, that the guy that brought you to the Lord, Phil, came up with. Uh, what do you call those? The There was a word you called that. Hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, it's arrows. It's a series of arrows. Yeah. Well, I drew a series God of arrows. God becomes flesh, died on a cross, There's a cross, buried in a tomb, raised from the dead. Yeah. And the return is imminent. So they so don't know when. Let me interject this, Judge, in your story. So, whenever we poured a new partial driveway at our house down in Alabama, and some friends of ours from here were staying in the house when they poured the concrete. We weren't there. That's some friends from church. And so when they poured it, she, she sent me a text. She said, do you want me to put those gospel symbols in the driveway? I said, Oh, that's an awesome idea. So she does. So we get down there last week and I'm walking around the neighborhood and the guy around the older man around the corner, super nice guy. And uh, he said, well, what are your hieroglyphics over there? And the I was first thing he asked me, I said, well, I'm so glad you asked, which is why we use the symbols. It gets people's attention, right? And and well, yeah, that's an icebreaker. Somebody put them in my steps, one of them carpenters out there, and, but we've won a mini one of them. That's right. They said, what's that? I said, I said, let me show you something. And I just <laughs> tell them what yeah. happened. Well, here's what's I, weird. I travel all over the country. I see it on the back of bumper stickers, on cars. Oh, yeah. It's It's gone nationwide. Yeah. And it came out of the brain of William H. Smith. I mean, that's what's amazing. And it's just, it's free because it's like, it's the gospel. Yeah. Know? So... Sorry to interrupt. No, so I mean it's awesome because basically when I did that, and I I I put the words, I solved the riddle. I said this is a riddle. Well, she, you know, this is something I know her how her mind works because I'm thinking, I think this girl's going places. You know, she's, <laughs> she's just too impressive. And so, Brian uh, got the J seal of appro approval. I felt like Brian from Georgia. What I'm saying is, to, so people are following me. I believe that God orchestrates and sets up divine meetings, Agreed. and appointments. And I look for that. I agree. In, in amongst all these people, and I've just, I just felt this was one. Of, even though she was a ten year old girl, you know, she had a brother. He didn't say a whole lot. But this, but his sister, I thought, I'm fixed to do everything I can to get her on board with Jesus as Lord. And so I did. So I had that conversation. Well, then I met this girl named Lily. Special challenges. I could see it right off. Beautiful, but just had a hard time expressing, you know, herself. Because somebody had said there's, there's a girl coming up that, you know, has special challenges said, but she loves y'all and what y'all represent. So, and she was just inspiring because to me, some people are born with issues or things happen 
And you feel like if anybody had a reason in the world just to quit or give up or make bad choices based on, you know, their struggles, it's these people. And they're the exact opposite. I mean, this girl was inspiring. Just, you know how you, you, y'all both met people like that. They're well, just it's like uh, Michael Lindsay's daughter is like that. She's Bria. She's just, you know, she did the, when they did the senior, she graduated this year and she, she did the announcements with Michael at Whitesbury Road that day. You weren't there. And I mean, I, I was just in tears, you know, yeah. because we watched her grow up and, you know, she's just such a part of who we are and she's so enthusiastic and exciting. It's just, you're right. It's, it's inspiring. So I got, so then the third person was a guy, you know, most of these people are, are white. I mean, I'm in Georgia. We all know the what's going <laughs> you on. Were, you Here comes this large, like you're in Atlanta. large African-American guy that I could tell this guy was toned in, in big, big man. <laughs> And uh, he's like, I'm Ronnie Brown. Well, when I heard that name, I immediately knew who he was. And uh, I said, I'm Jace, but I I was like, I know who you are. And he kind of looked at me. I was like, yeah, Auburn football. I said, I'm not sure the years, but I remember the thunder and lightning. He was Cadillac. the running back, right? He's a running back. Oh, it was man. Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown. Exactly I mean, he right. played about 10 years in the NFL, give or take. I, I don't Do know. Do you look sure. like he could still tote the rock? <laughs> My first thought was, I can't imagine going toward this man <laughs> thinking, I'm fixed to bring you down. No, you're not. I mean, there's other men that can do that. Right. I'm not one of them. Many of his, the men who met him. They they got up dazed and confused. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing that a guy could run, just built right. like that, like a like a truck. Yeah. So the hang guy, on, hang on, guys, let's take a break. So one of our sponsors is a, a company called Scoremaster, and basically they've come up with a, sort of a way to engineer to increase your credit score. Uh, which is very helpful if you have to take out a loan for a house or car or something like that. So they can go as high as 61 points or have uh, to add in less than 20 days, which is really impressive, especially when you got that loan coming. Uh, you add points to it. It means you faster approval. You get a better deal. You get a lower interest rate on everything from refinancing a home to leasing a new car or even applying for a credit card. So it's a pretty good deal. Uh, they were created by credit data scientists uh, to put you in charge of your finances. So one member raised their score 33 points uh, in just a few days. So if uh, if you have this need, check these guys out. It's free. Uh, Lisa and I did. It helped us. Scoremaster, uh, scoremaster.com slash Phil. That's scoremaster.com slash Phil to get your credit score up. Well, he struck me as unique to any other famous people and we we're we meet famous people all the time but there was a humility about him and he was kind of quiet but he was just real there was something about him i was like i like this guy yeah so i get out there after the meet and greet you know you go out there i get out to the tables i'm sitting somebody paid for me to sit at their table they're finishing up eating and it hit me. I was like, I think I, why didn't I give him my contact information? So I tell my assistant, I was like, look, 
here's my contact information. I wrote it down. I was like, go find Ronnie Brown. Because she's not a now, football was he, fan. Was he speaking at the event, or he was just there? Well, I just thought he was there okay. supporting it Yeah. at this point. Right. That's, this kind of goes okay. with my story. I got you. And uh, she's like, well, how would I find him? And there's hundreds of people. I was like, <laughs> most of these people are white. He's an African-American, and He'll he, stand he out. will stand out. Just think muscles. <laughs> think and so think XNFL. She takes off, comes back. You know, I can't find him. I was like, what are you kidding? What? Maybe he just came for that. I, I, that's what I was thinking. And she was like, well, who is that right there? Well, they had a little place where you sit before you get up and speak. Because there are people speaking yeah. while all this going on. I was like, oh, he's fixed to speak. Uh, I was like, well, well, go give it to him. <laughs> and so she did. Well, he kind of looked looked at me and like, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> so when he gets up, he starts talking about me. I just met him. <laughs> and then it, it hit me that he's fixing to introduce me. Uh which is really embarrassing because I thought I should be introducing you. Don't let me. I mean, so, and what I'm trying to convey is there this was, is, this there was to me that in the planning of the event, they weren't giving, you weren't up on the, what was going on. I'm sure they told me, but I, you know, I, I mean, typically they fill you in on stuff like that, but I'm just saying. Well, he started talking about me and I was like, Oh, am I fixed to get up now? And the guy's like, yeah, he's introducing me. But like, I guess I should have known, but I actually think no one told me. And, uh, but I just thought, what a, you know, here's a guy who's showing up at an event that I described. I mean, he's a famous guy. He's a, I, I looked into what he does and, and we, we began a, you know, a friendship after this with just texting and emailing. He's a financial advisor now, but I, I just thought, you know, what a what a guy to show up and go to bat, you know, for kids yep. because of your faith. He's obviously a, a believer. Yep. And that's what drew him to us. But I you know, most people you meet that are famous, I don't know, I know some of you that are listening may not have met a lot of famous people. The one quality you don't see is humility. Yeah. You you just don't right. you know. Phil Mickelson just won the the PGA and everybody's inspired. And well, I met him. He was nice. You know, we were at some golf event, charity thing. He was nice, but it was like the way I am. Unfortunately, when you know when you meet somebody and you don't know who they are, but yeah. you know, well, how did they get into this room? You know, he was like, oh, somebody's helping this homeless guy. <laughs> So I need, or he could be a guy with special needs. That's the way I felt. He's like, hey, how you doing? And, but my wife was there too. And uh, he was a little more engaging, you know, because she here, seemed like here, a normal. Let me, let me sign know. this golf club for you, you poor, poor person. That's the way I felt, you know. Chase, you do way more analyzing the human race than I ever thought about. Well, what do you mean? You meet when you meet somebody famous, you kind of try to sum them up. So I would say, "Hey, how you doing? Pretty good." Yeah. Well, and they would say, "Yeah, he don't know who I am." Yeah, yeah. which which he wouldn't. Dad wouldn't have a clue. He probably wouldn't have recognized him. No, but you know what? You know, people athletes are tough because you're used to seeing them unless you recognize the name like you did. Because you see them in a uniform and a helmet. And, I mean, like, it's, it's yeah. hard when you get in a public situation. I can tell this person is probably somebody that was I should know. But then I don't, you know. You know, you know. I don't know why I thought that Ronnie Brown could be a 
fairly common. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have picked it up. And once you said it and said but Auburn, he I looked like a professional yeah, athlete. Right, right. It's like I'm Ronnie Brown. I'm like. There ain't a lot of Ronnie Browns looking like this guy. <laughs> bad, Chis- bad Ronnie Brown. Chiseled. <laughs> but, you know, we were yesterday after the, I, I, I watched that, the golf, I was like, I mean, dang, Phil Mixon's 50 years old. And he just, he beat the young whippersnappers. That's right. It led me to go grab, which I basically semi-retired from golf because I was just like, Ain't got time. He inspired you to possibly yeah. oh, you make went, a make a comeback. So I was like, let me <laughs> go get not some. a whole lot, but <laughs> yeah. I said, let me go get some balls. I'm gonna walk over to Willie's. So here's what's funny. So I'm walking over to Willie's and I look up and somebody's out there chipping on one of the greens. It's Willie. Uh, I've never seen him out there like practicing. <laughs> And I said, so you just watched that yeah. too? And he went, Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mickelson <laughs> put put a little fire in his bones. Cause it's like, well, we're old. Well, it's good you did. Cause I guess days when you, I'm 56. I watched it. I was inspired, but I never went out and got any balls. I just, I just sat there and then I watched the, what was on next. Well, it the, never occurred. But to, I am about 50. You're you, <laughs> yeah. that ship. That's what I'm saying. You're like, my ship sailed. I don't even. At 56. Uh, it out, never occurred to me until recently. <laughs> you know, I just looked around and I'm talking to my sons, having biblical conversations. And they're in their mid fifties, going towards sixty. I thought, hmm, it just seems a little strange. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. But you know what's amazing to me is people. Those people in in South Carolina, they they went. I don't know if it was because they were back. From I was going to ask you about that. If that was a what was the deal with that? Because it got a, at the end, Dad. It got a little hairy. I thought because like it, yeah, you know, the it, announcer said they've lost control. They lost, lost, control, they lost the control of the situation. And it was like they just enveloped him. And and the other golfer, it took the other golfer, Brooks Kepka. How long did it take for him to get to the 18th green? I mean, it was like five, two, two or three minutes. Yeah, two or three go minutes. go by, and you're like, "Where's Brooks Kepka?" Because the crowd, they just they just basically bum rushed the usually the line of people that keep them out of there. Yeah, that ain't good. It, well, it kind of wasn't good, but well, but they were so excited about it, you know. But I thought that's when something, you know, because I I saw one of them grab Mickelson at one point. Oh, and the cop. Took him down. Yeah, it was one of them deals like in France. Remember that guy? That- now, look, I'm pretty sure the guy who grabbed him, he he was inebriated. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was. And then he, he probably woke up in a cell this morning <laughs> thinking, what what had happened? <laughs> but, but you know what I, I, I thought, thought I saw a last shot. You know what I thought? His guy's 50 years old. But I thought, these people are so inspired. And maybe it was because we're coming out of the coronavirus. Because that's what that I was thought. A, that was a totally different scene than what my wife, who my son, Cole, graduated Pepperdine this weekend. Well, he had already graduated a year ago. But they're like, well, due to the coronavirus, we're going to delay the actual ceremony. So a year later... They have the ceremony, but look, only two people can show up. You have to wear a mask the whole time, and you have to sit six feet apart. Oh my God. The same weekend. I was looking at what's going on in South Carolina. I was like, <laughs> we got to – these people were – Thousands just – Six inches from me. And I never saw a mask the whole – I thought, California, South Carolina, <laughs> California. But then I got to thinking about why – people being inspired and I thought really when you step back and think I mean I don't want to be negative on golf but really what what are we what are we doing here we're we're putting a round orbital object in, in a hole in the ground that somebody dug with a fancy piece of equipment 
I mean, when you kind of look at it like that. That's kind of what the way I've always looked at it. <laughs> you just read my mind, man. Well, look, is that why you never really took it up? I don't get it. Then I thought to myself, well. But I don't mind somebody yeah, else. Right? As a metal detector, I'll go out and dig a hole. At least I'm getting something out of it that might be worth something. That golf ball is worth four bucks. <laughs> I guess if you got the ball, because that one thing they said, they're like, he better get that ball out of the hole. You yeah. know, they thought they were going to bum rush the green. But they didn't. They were just kind of excited. It but, was kind of a British Open uh, scene. They do that over there at the end do. of that tournament. I was glad they found at least some respect at the end. Yeah. But I got to thinking, because you don't know who this guy is he basically was like hey i just i just put in the extra work and and i mean it seems like a frivolous thing to do but the work that he put in paid off and i guess that's inspiring but i thought as people of faith who believe there is a god and he's alive and kind of where we're at in in romans we have better stories yeah abraham being a hundred and having a son, that's a better story. <laughs> they went they went in the golf tournament. Well, I just thought about the inspiration <laughs> that right. happened there. I mean, look, if a hundred year old man comes out and says, Look, we're gonna have a son, and this son is gonna be generational, where people are gonna come to the living God and be blessed. And when and the woman that that he copulated whatever with <laughs> <laughs> the woman is in there. She's actually thinking it's a joke. When well, she right. gets the news, she laughs like, yeah, yeah, I just bet we're going to have a son. Uh, but this, I mean, if you want to get... The word comp- copulation's been used to. If, if you want to get behind a couple <laughs> and, and have that kind of scene, this is a better story. Yeah. They're, they're a hunt. You want to... Because they were, they were, you know, the, the Jim Nance, the voice... Jace, you finally entered my zone of questions that are uh, worth answering. I always tell people, especially if I'm talking with an atheist, I I don't I, I don't hate them and all that stuff. I just talk with them. But I usually ask at the end of the conversation, "But what about the stories? Who has the better story, mine or all yours?" Right. That's a, I which... said, "Love God and love your neighbor." And if everybody did that, I said, would we be better off just loving God and loving our neighbor instead of all of this chaos? <laughs> I like that way you say neighbor. Well, that, so I, I'm like, well, who has on, the let me give every my, one of them say the same thing. But let me they give say, you know what? You've got a better story. Hang on, I'm like, well, let's take a break. Jace, we talked to we've been talking about Mickelson and what he did at fifty. One of the problems was as you get older, you lose your flexibility when it comes to golf. You know, at one time you can be you watch those guys, I mean, there's so much torque in what it takes to hit a golf ball. Things start when the inflammation starts setting in and the old back won't quite I actually move. heard that. He's like, I had to give up eating food, <laughs> I had to start meditating, <laughs> and I had to do something about this inflammation. Exactly. You know what I, what we've got to tell Phil Mixon about, he may be winning majors for twenty more years if he could get on Omega XL, because these guys know what they're dealing with in terms of inflammation. They have found a way to attack it. Uh, by extracting this wonderful oil from mussels grown in New Zealand. 
And it really helps with inflammation. It's been great for all of us that have tried it. So if you want to check these guys out, you've got some aches and pains and stiffness, uh, it will help. You go to OmegaXL.com. You buy a bottle, you get a second bottle for free uh, because you're one of our listeners. OmegaXL.com slash Phil. That's OmegaXL.com slash Phil. Or you can call them 1-800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Let me give you the Jim Nance quote. So he makes the, the final putt, and he's like, Phil Mickelson, he defeats Father Time. That was the... I'm sure he had it written down on a piece Five of paper. Because oh, yeah. he's 50. He's the oldest golfer to win a major, major championship that's not on the senior tour, I guess. You know, they have their little divisions. Yeah. When they when they when you get 50 in the golf world, they send you out to pasture mm-hmm. and they call it the senior tour. And so they still do the same thing. They play the same guys, but now, you know, he can play. But I thought about that. No, wait a minute. He's defeated Father Time. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so they've got a has-been section. Has-been, meaning yeah. that yeah. one used to be, but, but 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 they got them all together over there, you know, whatever they're doing. And, and they're still and winning. all the younger books are just sitting and looking, saying, ha, 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 you got too old to cut it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's it's, a pretty brutal sport. Well, it, but they're still making money. That's, but, that's part so of the reason yeah, What I think they should do is the senior tour should now move their age from 50 to 55 because mm-hmm. you have the wrong number. That's right. We had a 50-year-old who's from your little tour. And nobody had ever broke it, so you were okay. Now it's been broken, so you have to move Evidently, your age this doesn't up. happen that often. That's first well, time it ever. it never happened. Tom Watson almost did it. Think he so did they cut him a little slack and give him a few more years, you know, maybe, maybe. Five years. He can play anywhere he wants to for five years. And age is no no issue. Well, until he, yeah, well, he'll be 55. But it's like once you win that, the the perks of winning plus a couple million yeah, the dollars. the PGA world's all winning. They'll it's give winning. you a couple million, and they say you have a free ticket anywhere on a PGA Tour event all the major. for five years. Yeah. So, so for the next five years, whether he wins or not, he's going to be hanging around. He's going to show up and wave. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that, but the, the, you feel sorry for those guys, too, because, like, your game goes down. And so, like, they're they're used to winning. I mean, so it's kind of embarrassing for them oh, to be embarrassed. embarrassed. I mean, to go out. I mean, Jason and I were talking about just even at our level to go out, and especially if people are watching, and just to stink it up. I mean, you know, you're just like, what am I doing here? This, this, is yeah. not, this is not good. That's the stage of my career. <laughs> People I no longer am trying golf. to win. I went through that for 20 years. Now I'm trying not to embarrass myself. <laughs> I just want to advance right. the ball most of the times, right. be around the green, give me my par <laughs> bogey, and let me, okay, it's a good round. Yeah, maybe I'll get better. You know, it's something my, you know, you can <laughs> have the conversation. I'm working on I'm it. I'm working on it. Hey, I'm getting better. But it's, no, deep down, I just don't want to embarrass myself. And so I've ne- really never had to deal with that. But, you know, he attributed a lot more on the mental side this, which I, I watched a press conference. He said, I mean, I don't want to get spiritual, but, you know, I've been doing a lot of meditation and blocking out the noise. And I didn't see that. And that's interesting. But, you told me that before we came on air. So because my watching Mickelson and, you know, he's been playing golf a long time. I noticed something different about him in in the sense of his demeanor. Because normally he's laughing and he he's a very engaging person on the course. He engages the crowd a lot. 
but like he was just in a zen like thing yeah. the whole I, I saw a couple two or three rounds and every time he was like he had on these new sunglasses i've never seen him wear and so it's just like he was like the coolest guy on the golf course it was a really weird and and i well, didn't know what the deal was but it, it struck me as he's gone through some he's something well the older you get the older you get it's just what they call nerves and you know he's talking about nerve-wracking oh Trying to pull that off. Did I mean, you watch golf, him doing all the breathing stuff coming in? Nerves of steel to play that game. Oh yeah, and so it's cool. But I think you know, a great the greatest story ever is the creator becoming a human, living a perfect life. Thirty three years, they kill him, put him basically in the ground, <laughs> and then to me, if you wanna you wanna be inspired. Bring yourself out of the ground as from a dead person. That that should that's justifies large crowds hooping and hollering, falling down. So I mean, I think you gotta keep that that in perspective. And Jesus has made it real clear that the spiritual is the way right. to true success. And so I, I think even people in, in the world they don't even realize that they're using a God idea. And they're like, oh, I, I've found some some peace just through spiritual and not focusing on the physical. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I think you may be on to something. I wonder where you got that idea. Yeah. And, you know, what makes things like that interesting is when there's something unusual, an older guy like that, a guy that's a past. I mean, that's why – it whips people up, but you're right, Jay. It's very temporary in nature because let's face it, a few years, somebody else will be doing something and that'll get everybody excited. But then you just kind of forget about the moment of that you saw it. Well, what we're talking about has eternal consequences, yeah. eternal. I mean, you know, we're talking about this for all of time, which yeah. is way bigger, which is exactly right. Well, you know, when you think we've been studying in Romans, when you go to think of Romans one and you think of all these, the list of sins, which is quite lengthy and quite graphic, all the things you can do. But the foundation for all that was, you know, when he started talking in verse 20 about since the creation of the world, you can see God's invisible qualities, you know, so we're without excuse. And, you know, in 21, it says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, and here's the point I wanted to, to focus on. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Well, that was the platform for all this behavior. Usually when we see bad behavior, we're like, oh, all right, we're just focused on, I can't believe they're doing it. But what led to that was in, in the heart. Right. Uh, you know, we had a one of the guys who spoke yesterday at church, he said, you know, heart is mentioned over, I think he said 600 times in the Bible. And he said, the actual pump in your chest is like two of those 600. And he was making a point about, he read First John 3, where it says, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. That That's where it all gets started. The decision-making process way down deep in the back of your, your head is where you're your heart is. And so... Hang on, Jess. Let's take another break. I just thought about that when he was staying. I've had good. this spiritual... That? Was, that, trans- was that Gilbert, the guy that preached? Uh, Chad Johnson. Oh, Johnson. The, the, uh, 
the guy we talked yeah. about. On well, last I'll, week. I'll read what he said. You know, it got me to thinking an, another point when he said that. I'll, I'll read. I'll read what uh what he read. This is First John three. You know, in sixteen, where it says, "This is how we know what love is." Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, which was my point. That you want a you want a story that inspires. That's way more inspiring. Yeah, because we get forgiveness and the implications of him coming back from the dead. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone, you know, he talks about having material possessions and you don't share, how can the love of God be in him? Because you would be putting something physical above something spiritual. As a follower of Jesus, that wouldn't make sense. So then he says, this then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence, which is why I was making that illustration because golf is a real nervy game. And so, you know, Phil was mentioning that when you get 50, he had to find a way to calm his nerves because yep. when you're younger, it's easier to do. So he found it through meditation or, you know, <laughs> he looked silly. You know, every shot he would stand there for an awkwardly long time, yeah. just like he was doing all these breathing exercises. That's I could it see. It was kind of funny. <laughs> But it worked. Yeah. So it, nobody's laughing now. <laughs> so, but but as far as God con- is concerned, listen to how what the difference is. It says, this is the end. It's how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. And the, and the point I'm getting to is like. What was that passage? It, that's 1 John 3, 16 through 20. The point I'm getting to is it made me start thinking when Chad read that. And I thought, you know, we we started off the book of Romans and we talked about the theme possibly being, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And it's the name of our show. Yeah. And I saw the golf thing and he won. And that's what made me start thinking about Abraham because, you know, Romans 4 talks about Abraham and you say, what's your point? I was just making that spiritual connection. And so I went over to Hebrews 11 and read where it talked about Abraham, the father of our faith. And watch what this says. This is what's really interesting. It says in verse 11, you know, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren. That's what we talked about. This is a better story. Yeah. Was was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who made the promise, which is a great illustration for us today. You know, either we're going to believe God is faithful to his promises or not. And so from this one man, and he as is good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised, which was harder than what we have. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on the earth. And y'all, y'all, we've read all this. 
People who say such things show that they're looking for a better country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. So he's talking about heaven because verse 16 says they were longing for a better country, a heaven, a heavenly one. So I read all that to get to this next phrase. And by the way, <clears throat> also that refers to how Abraham started in Genesis 12 because God asked him to leave his country and his people and go to a place that he would prepare for him. So it's yeah. both physical and spiritual. You're right. So the next phrase is where I wanted to get to, because then it says an interesting statement. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. That's good. For he has prepared a city for them. And I thought, you know, that's typical how we are. We're like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be unashamed. But it's just like 1 John 3 talking about our hearts not condemning us because God knows everything. Right after that, he says, this is love for God. Not that you love me, but that he loved you and gave us himself for you. And I think it's the same thing. To me, it's a more incredible story that God is not ashamed of us than despite what we do, yep. than us being unashamed of the gospel. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so I, I think it's all about perspective. It's more, that's why I said most famous people you meet are not humble. Because from their perspective, they walk in and say, hello, I'm here. <laughs> that's right. And so when you run across a person. Orbit my universe. Yeah. <laughs> you run across a person that is like, oh, I'm glad you're here. And I think as followers, we should Keep that in mind. It's a greater motivation that God is not ashamed of us. It's a greater motivation that he loves us. I mean, we're going to get into this in Romans 5, but, you know, that he makes the same point. While we're still sinners, he died for us. Yeah, That's so. the worst of the worst he died for. Then the ones who say we're not as bad as that bunch, <clears throat> but they're still sinners and he died for them. Then the Jews who received the law directly from God, but didn't keep it. Right. And he ends this whole discussion in the book of Romans. One, two, you get the three. We know that whatever the law says, verse 19, it says to those who are under the law, so that every, every <laughs> mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. No one is going to make it under a system of works Correct. because they violate the very code that was supposed to bring them happiness and health. Right. You know, if everybody, never any stealing, never any lying, never any <laughs> murdering, always obedient children, no adultery, you just look at it out, it would be a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. And it's not God's problem. It's ours. That's right. We're the ones who every mile, therefore. Hang on, Dad. Let's take one last break. Therefore, no one, no one worldwide will be declared righteous in his sight, God's sight, by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we became <clears throat> conscious of sin. Why in the world individuals would Take read that text and say, yeah, we're a little bit legalistic. I'm like, oh, you don't want to say things like that yeah, or, but. Or, or be that way. 
You don't want to be legalistic. We've had a lot of yeah, but questions from our podcast listeners. And, and dad's right. That verse right there says it really clear. It does. The law cannot save you. Nope. And, nor are you tr- attempting to You're keep just the law. not good enough to no. obey all the commands. So grace is far better. That's right. Which not is why works. which is why I think that perspective should be viewed. If you're looking at God and how he views us, instead of how you're being portrayed in front of God, that will keep you from becoming legalistic or whatever phrase you, you, you know, e- even in this Romans one, you think all these people are a bunch of hellions cause you read the list of sins, but they claim to be wise. They knew God's righteous decree, you know, that those who do such things deserve death. It wasn't like they didn't know. I knew. They had known it and just changed it a little bit to justify. I mean, their thinking became futile, whatever that means. I, mean, I don't know how you define futile thinking in a darkened heart. And a, you know, you're being, a, I guess, a smart idiot because he said they claim to be smart, but they, they were fools. Right. So they were... They were smart idiots. <laughs> By the time, and right above that Romans chapter 3, when he's tied and all together, what shall we conclude then? In other words, they said some are actually saying, let us do evil that good may result. Their condemnation is deserved. He said, we go around because we can be saved by the grace of God. We go around just living these hellish lives. He said, what shall we conclude? Are we any better? Not at all. We've already made the charge, and here's his, that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. There's no one righteous, not even one, based on their works. No one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. They've all turned away. They've all together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. You know, you start reading that, you're like, it's a pitiful read of the human race. It is. But you can't, there's no way you can understand grace and righteousness and what Jesus brought to the table if you don't first embrace that you can't do it yourself. That is correct. And so for some people, well, that's even yeah. having awareness that that there is a God. You know, it may be from that all the way down to thinking, you know what, I'm a pretty big deal, as what you were describing, Jay. Well, all right. I mean, I'm like, <clears throat> Romans 3 is the most brutal, depressing it thing. Is. But then when you read that God's not ashamed of us, <laughs> that's right. well, how does that make God look? Awesome with a capital A, yep. which, which is what we forget, I think, because you got to think about it. For you to go out and lead this kind of lifestyle, you have to forget God, which I think is the worst thing you could do. The greatest. I mean, if you've ever been forgotten. Yeah. The greatest two words in the Bible I've often said to people I'm studying with is Romans 3, 21. But now, (laughs) I mean, after this withering barrage (laughs) on what the human race has come to, you rank heathens, people who pass judgment on others. They do the same things. The Jews had it written down in stone. They broke it. They violated it. It's just a, just a free-for-all. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from law, 
It has been made known. Here comes Jesus. It's just that simple, Al. That's right. And, you know, it's interesting because you, you think about the very, which we'll get to in Romans 5, but the very first sin committed almost, well, what almost immediately shame was associated with the action. Yep. And, and remember, they both reacted that way. And so from that point all the way to today, shame goes with sin. Yep. And so it's funny because the cultural answer is, well, let's just take away all shame. People are to be able to do whatever they want, however they want to do it, and not feel any shame about it. The problem is you can't you can't do that. You you may can change cultural norms to try to embrace and accept sinful behavior, but you'll never take away a person's conscience yeah. or heart. You just That's can't do exactly. it. it. It's impossible for That's us right. to do it. Well, when you think about what Peter said in the same light, he said in chapter 1 and verse 3, 2 Peter, he said, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life, godliness, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And he's given us these great promises so that you may participate in him, the divine nature, and escape the corruption in the world caused by, and there's this phrase, evil desires. That comes, it all starts there in your heart. That's right. Well, then he talks about God provides righteousness and add to your faith all these great qualities, you know, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. And it says if you possess those in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. But then all of a sudden he says this sentence in verse 9, which is my point. But if anyone does not have them, those qualities that are good, he's nearsighted and blind. And he's forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. And I think we try to make this complex when you look at someone who goes off the rails and you say, what happened? They forgot God. That's the number one thing that happens in somebody's heart and mind for you to go off the rail. Yeah. When you say forget God. Either you knew him or just say, or just forget him as in, I'm not even going to acknowledge despite everything I see. And that's where it all starts. That's right. And that, and that usually, then you see the progressive nature of it is what he talked about in Romans one, but then you also see the other nuances of, of the attitudes of people. That second person is the, I call it the rationalist. You know, they rationalize everything by just comparing themselves to other people. I mean, you, you know people like this all the time. And then the last one were the privileged, which was the Jewish people, which they should have known better because they had the information, but yet they still missed it because they missed Jesus. I mean, it was just, you see all three of those categories that got you into this condemnation. Well, and I think they just, they liked the fact that they were the chosen people. Right. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to let other people in. You know, we like to have our crew That's right. and be our special people and basically to hell with everyone else. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's just how that's what causes so many problems in our in our world. Yeah. I've got I've got all the friends I need, people say. So. All right, we're out of time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, 
Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.